Wilderness Law podcast. This is our first one that's not a hunting on the way to a hunt podcast. Or from a hunt. Or from a hunt. To and or fro. Um, What we're doing now. So a big part of this wilderness law, kind of what I'm wanting to do with it. Is not like it's you know focused on the outdoors hunting and fishing and da da da, but specifically parenting in the outdoors, raising your stupid butt <laughs> and uh, eventually your seasters and all that good stuff, right? And so. I figure that figures in pretty good to us. You know, a big part of our relationship has always been movies. Talking about movies, learning about movies, learn, well, storytelling, right? Yeah. All the way around. Because you're probably going to be one hell of a writer when you get older. You already are for your age. You just got to figure out, you know, how to, like, spell and things like that. Did you figure out how to spell your own name? Yeah. You sure? Figured that 20 years ago. I don't believe you. <laughs> but that's only because I talked to your teachers. And right now, it is February 2016, and the big movie that's out, or one of them, but the one that's kind of related to the outdoors and all that good stuff is The Revenant, which is about Hugh Glass, a famous mountain man and back in the day 1972 they uh, Paramount or no Warner Brothers made another movie based on Hugh Glass called Man in the Wilderness with Richard Harris who a lot of people your age will know as the first Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies. He passed away between the second and third movies and they recast it. But anyway, this was 1972, so he was a much younger man. And so what we got here is this morning we woke up and we watched Man in the Wilderness. Uh, It's a available for rent on Amazon Prime or Amazon or whatever and we rented it watched it on the Xbox and now I've kind of resisted hey folks for sale um, resisted talking to you about it because I wanted to save it for the podcast so I want you Mr. Tristan to give us just tell us what the, don't tell us the ending. Just tell us what the movie was about. Tell us the basic story. It's about, it was about this man named Zach Bass who um, gets attacked by a grizzly bear. But his hunting party has to leave to get to a river so they can hunt. But they have to leave two guys behind to bury him but those two guys 
can't bury him because of Indians. So the Indians, so the Indians drive them away, and then the Zach Bass dude um tries to get away after they like did some weird sand thing to him, and he went and stole some meat from some wolves and um, louder. Then he uh, got made himself a crutch, and that's not louder, Tristan. If the machine can't hear you, that ain't no wayno. What? Okay. Talk louder. Okay. I know you know how to do it. Okay. So, and he has. You know what your diaphragm is. We've talked about this, I think, before yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Use that to push air, push the air out of your lungs across your vocal cords. Okay. Talking like a man, all right? <laughs> okay. You look like a man. That's from way before you were born. Anyway, it, all right. So, he has to survive in the mountains with beat-up bear attack parts. You and the English language is just like... Don't mix. Y'all met each other once on a train or something. Y'all aren't close. Not even a train. We met each other on the sidewalk. <laughs> Passing quickly. Yeah. It's like, All right. hey, hello. Make words better. I'll try. <laughs> All right. And... Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay, so you just told like the first five minutes of a almost or over two hours. He has a rabbit. Well, he has two rabbits in different ways of using the word have over he, the course of the movie. He had a rabbit on his crutch. So what? Okay, alright. You obviously need practice at summarizing stories and that's what we're doing that's kind of the purpose of this um so zach bass what was let's go back to a couple of inaccuracies in your telling okay um some missing some just wrong so they were Why were they on this expedition? I thought it was to get to a river so they could go hunting. Overall, what was why was there forty men in the middle of nowhere? They said it like a million times. What business were they in? Fur trading. That's kind of important. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. So were they on their way to or back from gathering furs? They were coming back to a trading post, I think. So what does that mean? They were coming from. From gathering furs? Yes. Correct. Um... 
Why were they carrying the boat? Well, that's an interesting part. So in this version of the story, obviously a lot of you people listening have already realized that they changed the name of the main character for some reason. Actually, they changed the name of all the characters. I don't know why. But this came out the same year as Jeremiah Johnson. And Jeremiah Johnson, I want to say, is not the name of the real guy either. I think maybe the last name... What did I tell you? The last name Johnson is accurate, but the rest, they, uh, for whatever reason, they like Jeremiah. Anyway. I don't know, maybe that was just something that was in vogue to do in the early 70s. I don't know. Sounds good. So both those movies came out the same year, which is the same year The Godfather came out. Interesting um, fact. Yeah, well, it's a different time for filmmaking and storytelling. They were a lot more interested in, A... Uh, being more realistic. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's not true. Like, it's based on truth, but, you know, nobody alive was there. And it wasn't like there was a documentarian following Hugh Glass after he got attacked by a bear to tell us every single thing that happened. The rabbit thing was probably fake. No, it's, I mean, it's entirely possible that... Oh, the pet rabbit part? Yeah. No, I'm saying that's not true at all. No, it was just so we didn't hate him. Uh, but a lot of the things that were historically inaccurate, I want to talk about on the second half of this podcast after we've seen Revenant. So that's what we're doing right now. We've watched Man in the Wilderness, and we're going to go watch... The Revenant right now, and the second half of this podcast is going to be comparing the two. There's a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, good and bad, and I don't want to give you my opinion on it until after we've heard yours. Boy. Anyway, so do you remember what river they were trying to get to? What river in the West? was extremely important for fur traders and hunters. Mississippi? Uh, no. That's, remember, the Mississippi is the border between East and West. So in the unsettled West, what river, like we, when we watch Steve Rinella and stuff, they'll talk about it every now and then, specifically when he's hunting in Montana. You remember that place that they went for Mountain, this river was very important to Lewis and Clark's expedition. Remember the name of it? It's also the name of the state. But it's not Mississippi. The Arkansas River? Uh, geographically very close. Do you remember the thing about the hunting? Steve Rinella talked about hunting in Montana 
bighorn sheep, I believe, in the such and such breaks. Your brain is broken, I think. I'm not catching. Okay, this I'm bored with this entire process. The Missouri, the Missouri River, Missouri oh. breaks. So we've talked about hunting there many times. I've actually never heard us talk about that. You are wrong. You are incredibly wrong. You're a liar. And I want to throw you off this bridge we're about to drive over. As long as you do a well-helmed scream while you fall. Okay, so we've discovered the river, that the names are wrong, and that your brain may not be connected in all the ways a human brain is supposed to be. So, all right, goofball. Um, yes. All right, so what? So his companions, he's attacked by the bear. What did you think about the bear attack? Oh, cool. And what did you say to me? So that's a very real bear. No, that's not what you said. That's close. What you said was even better than that as far as being a compliment to the filmmakers. I said that looks like very bear you Not very. Why do you keep throwing berry in there? You said it looks like a real bear. It looks like a real bear. Do you know? No, well, I guess that's an interesting thing to discuss. What's the difference between looks like a real bear and looks like a very real bear? Well, I said it was, looks like a very real bear. It would be somebody just in the suit that looks right. close You're, to a bear. Like you knew it was fake. But no, the way you said it and your tone and the look in your eyes, like you were like, how did they shoot a real bear doing that? Like that was your reaction. And that's cool. Um, so and, that, and sometimes it was. It was a mixture of, they shot it with a mixture of a real bear attacking a dummy and sometimes just a, a camera doing floaty little snippets around a real bear that was just kind of standing there but with the camera motion it looked like it was moving and there was like little close-ups where it was a dude in a suit stockman kind of a deal uh, what do you think about the special effects makeup like the blood and all that it was pretty good yeah right for being what 30 years after you were born or before you were born to me god dang i'm gonna be driving slow so yeah, okay so who were the two guys that stayed behind who would uh, let me ask you this who would would you say that there is a villain in this story? Or more than one? Or zero? No, I don't think there is a villain. You don't think there is a villain? Okay. Oh, that's... You don't have to think there is a villain. Do you think there is a villain? Definitely not in the classic black hat, white hat type of a way, no. 
um, there is a lot more of a psychological aspect to this. The faith-based elements were interesting, where, like, they kept flashing back to him in Christian, like, Catholic school, I think. I don't really know. As a kid, and him not being a believer from childhood, and then kind of his struggles in the wilderness to make him a believer. Not real sure, for sure why. The payoff seemed lazy. Like, they set it up really well. Like, the first image of the movie is a cross. It turns out to be the mast of the boat that they're carrying across the wilderness. But, you know, it was the way it's shot. The, you know, it's the Warner Bro Brothers logo and then a cross going across the skyline. And then... Oh, and then you made that connection because there's a point where he's trying to make a fire and he's having trouble with kindling. And what does he gather, what does he use to make kindling? A Bible. And what, and maybe this is us looking into it too far, but it's still kind of cool because earlier in the movie, in the uh, school scene, what does the priest, monk, whatever dude ask him about? Yes, who who created the world? Yeah, and he wants him to say... God. God. Um, and he asks it repeatedly, loudly, obnoxiously. It's kind of like talking to you. <laughs> and, uh, and then what part of the Bible does he rip out to make kindling? Genesis. Yeah, which is where the God building the world is. So yeah, you made that connection I, before I did. And I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But it was interesting. It would be... I have not looked up who the director is. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess he's dead. Just as dead as the rail view glass. But uh, it would be interesting to see if that was on purpose to some degree or not. And so, he... I don't... Okay. So, I was hoping you would throw down more of the actual narrative than the first five minutes. Because you really hardly even touched on the premise. So, he's attacked on a bear and then... What is his, not his story A to Z, but what does he do in very general, vague terms after he's attacked by the bear? Does he die? No, he tries to survive. Why does he try to survive? What drives him? He's a kid. You're not wrong. Uh, what else? Who... Besides his kid, uh, does he keep seeing flashes of? The captain dude. And why does he want to go to the captain dude? Because maybe he thought of... Maybe, I don't... I, 
thought it was to get to revenge until the end of the movie. Dad, don't talk about the end of the movie. good teaser moment you accidentally threw out there, but yeah, revenge. It's very simple. If he wanted to just survive, he would have gone downriver and found civilization and food and aliveness. Yeah. Fat women that know how to bake bread. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, so horrible. But... I mean, that was a practical thing one might go after in that time period and in that situation. But he goes north when the captain and the rest of the guys that left him go north, even though that's a lot harsher country. So, okay. And now I want you to just tell me what you thought of the movie. It, that's enough of the premise. And that's the Hugh Glass story. Is he's a, They're on a fur trapping expedition. He is attacked by a bear, left for dead, goes through, and crawls in real life like 200 miles for revenge. Okay? Okay. And that's what the basic story that both of these movies are based on. So now I just want to get you to give me like your review what you thought of the movie again without spoiling anything. I thought it was a really good movie. I would like to watch it again. There was some stuff I missed. Mm -hmm. Obviously. <laughs> and I would like to watch it in the middle of it. Why? Because when we started watching it, I was still kind of mourning. You are terrible at mourning. At getting up in the morning. you got to get better at that. I don't know how. But <laughs> it's like, so I've been having trouble being fully awake in the morning. But for some strange reason, whatever it is, uh, I've been having trouble sleeping lately. It's just something that happens when you're old. And bro, you know, broken down. But you're young, and you sleep like a million hours a night, and just dead sleep. Like, you know, like I could have a gunfight with a guy in your bedroom, and you would not wake up. Yes, like, I, I have to slap you in the face. <laughs> not literally, but he throws stuff at. I me. have thought about it. I've considered slapping you in the sleeping face. <laughs> to wake you up because you do not wake up there's times when you wake up and you're in trouble because you're acting like because you were already supposed to have been awake and you've had five people come tell you to get up and you still will take about eh, 45 minutes to a year to wake up <laughs> and then your dog is like at Hello? the door with his legs crossed because he got a pee so bad. And everybody else has already done a breakfast and it's cold. Because you are lazy. I don't understand that either. When I was your age, I was up before everybody. Except when. 
I was up before everybody, because that's when the good cartoons came out, that nobody wanted to let us watch. Okay, so what, what would you, you watch? Huh? What would you watch? I don't want to talk about it, because it's really dumb. I remember Dumbo's Flying Circus was one, which wasn't actually a cartoon. It was like puppets and stuff uh, on Disney Channel. But then when we were little, little, I remember there was Silverhawks or something about these outer space dudes that have wings. I'm sure it's terrible if I was to watch it now. Um, So, name me a handful of things that you saw in this movie that you've never seen before in a movie. I've never seen a real bear in a movie. Okay. I don't think so. Oh, you can talk about that. That really happened. That was part of the real story, from what I've read. And the part where he like actually went to a, a buffalo and talk louder. Yeah, went to a real buffalo and like sh- uh, ripped a piece of buffalo out of the buffalo, out of the buffalo meat out of the buffalo. And he cooked it with a little salt and pepper and garlic. Yeah. What did he do? When it was what? Extra, extra, extra rare. Yeah, extra rare. Like, now, leading in Oz. One, yeah, well, part of that we're going to have to talk about after the next one, after Revenant. And uh, what we'll do on Revenant, or after we watch Revenant, is we'll talk about it spoiler free, like we have with Man in the Wilderness. And then we'll get to a point where we'll call it out and say, okay, from here on out, we're not going to be scared of spoilers, so if you haven't seen one or both of these movies, stop listening to the podcast. Alright? Uh, so what's, is there anything else that you saw that was the first time you ever saw it in the movie? Or in life? I never saw somebody use crazy stuff that he found. To like make sure the wind doesn't get infected. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Is there anything you saw in this movie? This might be difficult for you to come up with easily. Well, still makes sense. Um, that you've seen in other movies, but either. The other movie did it better, or this movie did it better. Because you watched some, you watched a bunch of westerns with me. You watched some, you watched Jeremiah Johnson with me. You watched tons of outdoor stuff, hunting shows and whatever. I think there's all the gun stuff. There's the stuff with the Indians that you never knew which tribe you were looking at. I mean, the 
if Indians were talking and you didn't know what they were saying, then you would <laughs> Do you think it was important that you know what they were saying? I don't know, maybe. Why? Maybe they were like... Why? Well, let me refer... Re rephrase the question. Uh, you watched the whole movie without knowing what they were saying in those handful of scenes. Do you feel like there's any of the story that you don't know because you didn't know what they were saying? Maybe a little bit, but not like a whole bunch. How much of it can you talk about, about without being spoilery? So well, let's save that, I guess, till the very end of the podcast. Yeah. But you liked it. Yeah. And you want to watch it again. Yeah. That's good. What do you think about the guy playing the captain? He did a good job. Okay, good. That's, he's one of my favorite. That John Houston played the captain in... Man in the Wilderness. A very different actor plays him in Revenant, which we'll talk about in the next part. John Houston, uh, so Lonesome Dove, uh, Clara Allen, you know, Gus's yeah. old girlfriend that they meet in, uh, what is it, Montana, Cameron, Wyoming, whatever it was. Third episode. Yeah, that the actress that played Clara is John Houston's daughter. Uh, that's she's Angelica Houston. John Houston was like big actor back in the day, and there's just something like comforting to me about his voice because I've heard it in a million things. You've seen the cartoon version of The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Have you seen the cartoon version of The Hobbit? No. What? Obviously, you've been failed. It's much better than the live-action version. Dad, he's just obsessed with all the real ones, all the live-action ones. They're, they're terrible. Um, it's like the the Hobbit is a short. It got really loud. The buzzer. Oh, interesting. Well, hopefully, it's something we can troubleshoot. Oh. Maybe it's like the position in my ear. Yeah, it might be. That's the earbuds really aren't made for that's something we'll have to figure out and hopefully get those noise canceling headphones. Um so yeah, like The Hobbit is a pretty short book compared to Lord of the Rings and whatever. And so the cartoon that everybody watched when I was a kid, although I think it came out in the sixties or seventies or something. Was uh, much shorter. It was just like a 90 minute movie, right? Instead and it told the whole story. Instead of having three, three, three and a half to four hour long movies. The only good one was the last one because it had a big awesome battle scene. Is that it? I'll take your word for it. 
I don't need to sit there. I've watched the Lord of the Rings ones. And <laughs> the first one, first Lord of the Rings was really good. And to me, they just got progressively worse. Um, anyway, alright, so that's enough. So the reason I brought that up, and we went off on a crazy tangent, John Houston, I mean, it doesn't have any value to you now, but we'll have to watch The Hobbit, I guess. John Houston did the voice of Gandalf, I think. Richard Boone, who's the bad guy in Big Jake. You remember Big Jake, where they steal his grandson, John Wayne's grandson? Yeah, I think so. The bad guy... Uh, and I mean, if I showed you his picture, you'd remember like that. But Richard Boone did the voice of Smog, the dragon. That's pretty cool. Um, all right, so we are at the movie theater. We're going to go in and watch Smog. The Revenant with one of my favorite actors, Tom Hardy. And... Yeah, it's weird that one of my favorite actors is an English guy. It, it just seems wrong. He doesn't but, you know, Richard Harris is English. That played uh, Hugh Glass, Zachary Bass, and yeah. Matt. Uh, most of those actors... Well, it's fun. Uh, something that I didn't realize until the end credits, James Doohan, that played Scotty on the original Star Trek was one of the French guys, uh, Benoit. Actually, you know what, he had a French name, but I think uh, when he spoke, he actually had a, like a Cockney accent. But he's Canadian. He just always, he was just really good at accents. He always did accents. I mean, French people. French-Canadian, yeah. right, yeah. I don't think he was French-Canadian. I think he was uh, Anglo... Celtic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's why, I think, that's part of why Scotty was written to be Scottish. Was because James Doohan, because they had worked, James Doohan had worked with Gene Roddenberry before. Okay, so, I think we'd be done. For now, we've recorded almost 45 minutes but that minus the technical difficulties we'll see what that comes out to dude ah the damn can't i don't know what the deal is with that suction cup and it worked fine the last 15 20 minutes whatever okay well i blame you somehow it's your fault all right we will talk to you later people of america <laughs> Just came out of the Revenant, so now it's part two of our uh, podcast about Hugh Glass movies. And let's start with this is my second time seeing the Revenant. Your first. Let's start with what did you think? It was good. How good was it? Very good. It's such a insightful, in-depth review. Thank you. More than it's good, Goofball. What? It had some good CG and some good makeup, and it had a good story. What did you say about the bear? The 
said that she called the bear CG the bear. CG the bear? Why did you say that? Because he was very CG. Yeah, which means to me, that would mean, considering your reaction to the bear in the first movie and the bear in this movie, that they did better in 1972 than they, you know, which is my opinion as well. <coughs> um, so, uh, so what did you just, alright, so just on its own, this movie overall. Like, how good? Like, was it one of the best movies you've ever seen? Did it change your life? Did not change my life. It was one of the best movies I've ever seen. But... And why? What was good about it? What was bad about it? How often did you cover your eyes like a wee little girl? Oh, you were a liar, sir. You were closing your eyes in a trailer before the movie. Yeah. Okay, so tell, talk, expound. It was good because it went more in depth into the hurt. Let me know if my mic is rubbing on like my neck or whatever you hear in the headphones. Okay. Um, this was more in depth? Yeah. In what way? Like, in the other movie you saw he had like a cast on and he was a little bit bloodied up, but that was it. And in this movie you saw like his leg was all twisted and it went more. Well, you didn't see his leg all twisted though. You just saw his foot turn. Yeah. Saw that in the other movie. Maybe you didn't because you were sleeping. Weren't you? Well, the story was a little bit sillier. In which one? This one. In what way? It didn't have like the good flashbacks, it just had the weird like ghost sequel. Oh, the dreams? Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you about that actually. That's on the list. I put together a list while we were in the movie. I was able to hide my phone under my coat. And I don't think distract anybody. I hate people that pull out their phones and have the light going everywhere. It wasn't too bright, is it? Nope, I didn't even see it. I saw the guy next to us. Oh yeah, yeah. he was a annoying human. Yeah. Any, like, but so are you, so. Uh, you were very fidgety. Did you have to urinate? I was just... Just fidgety? And needing to be punched in the ear? Maybe. I thought about it a couple of times. Um, so yeah, so what, so you liked the flashbacks better than the dream sequence? Yeah. Do you think they were needed in either movie? Um, I think they were a little bit needed in the other movie. The Man in the Wilderness. Oh, yeah? And it told more of a backstory. This one was just kind of, it wasn't a backstory, but it wasn't a good backstory. Okay, interesting. 
But I like that it wasn't or somebody be part of the spoiler, so Okay, save it till that part. Then. Um What did you ask when we came oh well, that's eh, that's kind of a spoiler too, we'll say that. Um, let's talk about eye black. It's something we forgot to talk about in the first part of the podcast that was in Man of the Wilderness. And there's a point where the main character is about to walk up a mountain covered with snow and he takes a stick from a fire he had built the night before. And what does he do? He puts his finger on it and like rubs him and then rubs it under his eyes. It. What's it? Tristan? The stick. Tristan. You have oh, to tell the, people what... The that, charcoal. Yeah. It just You make it sound like he's just rubbing wood on his eyes. Yeah, he, the char. Yeah. So he puts black under his eyes. And I didn't think that you would know what that was or why he was doing it. I thought it was really cool, and you reacted positively. And so, how do you? How did you know that the what that was for? In school. First off, just in case there are people that don't know what it's for, what's it for? It's for uh, keeping the reflection off the snow down. The reflection of the sun off the snow. Out of his eyes. Out of it, out of your eyes. Yeah. Yes. You gotta be more descriptive. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And that's part. No, that's just part of learning. It's not easy. It's not a skill you're born with, especially you. Ooh, sick burn. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, how do you know what? How did you know that that's what that's for? Because like you used to play Little League, but which is where I know it from. Well, I know it from baseball. But, uh, you know, at your level, nobody was wearing eye black. So, tell. How well, in school we learned about it when we were doing, uh, we started learning about, uh, like, just for a little bit, uh, Everest. Mount Everest and climbers of Mount Everest. Okay. And they used uh, eye black under their goggles to keep the reflection down. Very cool. But And now, did you, when you learned that in school, did you make the connection that that's why guys wore that in baseball? Because I know you've seen it in major league. And now a lot of football players wear it too. Like you can buy it, you know, when it's season, you can go to the co-op. UT co-op and buy a little, because they make it like stickers now, and uh, you can buy stickers with the Longhorn on it, just as a fan. And But it's they started doing that because quarterbacks started doing that. Probably some running backs too, I don't know, but I'm more aware of quarterbacks doing it. Okay, so what else? Where what other reactions did you let's you know what let's go through this list and see what's on here that's not spoilery well we can do this actor stuff basically 
What did you think of the camera work? Hang on to that. You're going to read that in a minute. In a minute. What did you think of the camera work? In the... When he had the fight with the bear. I did not like the camera work at all. Especially that part where it like zoomed in in the bear's butt and then it went like past him, like the butt, and then it like turned turn the corner. Mm-hmm. And then you saw what's happening. That was just annoying and stupid. It looked stupid on camera on the big screen. Um, but. The acting. the acting was pretty good. I mean, some of it was a tad bit cheesy, but... Okay, let's touch on that. Uh, and I want to hear you. I want your full, complete opinion as complete as you can. Because I know we just got out of the movie. But I had a very strong reaction to some of the acting uh, that nobody else seems to be having. And... I want to know what your thoughts are. So, what was cheesy? Um, well, like, I'm trying to think. There were parts that were cheesy, and I know it, but... What's saying cheesy? We've heard you say cheesy. Explain what that means. Non-realistic. Just not really. Like too emotional, or just too emotional. Just stuff that wouldn't happen in the physical world. That kind of stuff. Like Like specific moments. Well. Like stuff Hugh Glass did, or stuff um, Fitzgerald did. Stuff Fitzgerald did really, really. But that's spoilers. Uh, basically, if it's before the last third of the movie, I'm not going to, I'm going to say it's not a spoiler. It's in the last third. Like, everybody knows that the movie is, that The Revenant is about two guys, well, one guy killing his son, Hugh Glass's son, and then Hugh Glass dragging himself through a survival epic for revenge. What, so anything kind of related to that in the first part and the son getting killed, um, you is free game for this part of the, for both parts of the podcast. When, uh, Fitzgerald, um, killed the son dude. Do you remember his name? The son? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a bird. After a bird. Raven? Hawk. Hawk. Raven. You just pulled stuff out of your ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shot in the dark. This is a bird. Finch. It's a finch. <laughs> but I should have said I should have named him Dove. It'd be this perfect angelic bird. It tastes good with bacon. What? <laughs> okay. So, he killed Hawk. Finish your thing. I interrupted you for my dumb joke. His name was Hawk? Yes. Through the whole movie. I thought you said his name was Crow. 
No. I really got names mixed up all the time. Yep. Okay. Still hot. When he killed Hawk, mm -hmm. he didn't really, like, Glass freaked out. Yep. But the, uh, dude who killed that man? Fitzgerald, yeah. Fitzgerald? Or did, Tom Hardy, whatever you want to say. Didn't really do anything. He just was like, okay, he's dead. I'm going to drag him off into the forest. He didn't have, like, any emotion. Really. Well, why would he have had emotion? He just... Why would he have... Why would... Why would he have expressed emotion out, outwardly? And I'm not criticizing what you're saying. I'm just wanting to know why you think he should have. Because, um, I mean, the Hawk was still, a, like, a kid. Right. And, I mean, any person who has to, or doesn't, he didn't really have to, kills a kid should be still a little bit you know, phased by it. Okay. And so, you think he's a little bit too much of a robot? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna go park. Get that camera falls off again. I'm punching you in the face. Um. See, but there was. One scene that I liked with Fitzgerald when he was talking about going to Texas and stuff. Yeah, see, and I think if he wins, you know, he's nominated for an Oscar, Tom Hardy. If he wins, now I kind of, as much as I am a big fan of Tom Hardy and I am, I hope he doesn't win because Sylvester Stallone is nominated for Creed and I really hope Sylvester Stallone wins. He's been nominated for playing Rocky before, but had, did not win. That's anyway, stupid. but I think if Tom Hardy wins, it'll be because of that scene. But yeah, there was part. Okay, so part of my reaction to the Tom Hardy character as written is he's a little too much of like a James Bond villain. Like there's almost nothing redemptive about him and. Their humans just aren't really like that. And when he was trying to go after, like, the kid, like, just being a jerk to him. Uh, Bridger or Hawk? Hawk. Okay. When? In the, like, right after the boat. They got off the boat. He was, like, making fun of him for being... Oh, for being Indian? Yeah. Yeah. Why would he do that? to get a rise out of class in theory but yeah no it's like anything they could come up with to have the audience look at that guy negatively they did mm -hmm. um but what, when mm -hmm. the glass did the thing when he had the stick and the elk were crossing the river yes he like nailed it what I you, thought what do you mean that hack did Part. Wait, he he's know. a grown ass man and he nailed doing the thing that a little kid would do. Yeah. 
Okay, here's... Alright, well, let's do that a little bit later. Let's finish the list. I want to come back to acting. Specifically, DiCaprio's acting. Which one's DiCaprio? Uh, gotta play Hugh Glass. Okay, so what else is on the list? Okay, so in the first scene, when they were hunting elk, the very first scene, camera, you know, like, went from black to movie, and they're walking through water. Yeah. What did you think about that? Think about if you're hunting deer. And I thought that was interesting. I was thinking, are they hunting or running away, trying to be sneaky? Right, and... And failing miserably. Right. Now, if you were hunting deer, would you walk through water? No. Why? Because they can hear you. Yeah. It was like so loud. It was so incredibly loud. And an elk, especially. Yeah, I know. And elk are even more jumpy than deer. In some ways. Uh, but yeah, you hear three humans splashing through the water. Pretty much anybody will know. Anybody that's been in the wood, woods for more than 30 seconds will know the sound of humans versus a four-legged animal. And then, you know, so the religious stuff. Uh, and I'm just asking you this because it's kind of a thing. Like, I really had no reaction to it, but what do you think about the religious stuff on, like, this movie versus the first movie? The first movie was more about, like, kind of like he was, like, connecting with God, kind of. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, he was not really connecting with God. He was just... Well, so at the end, when he... Well, you know what, that's spoilery, too. I, I guess we should come back to that. Um, so, God, Tom Hardy. Remember oh, that. Um, and the squirrel joke. Oh, the squirrel God. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. So, do you think, what do you think they're trying to say, or do you think it was a successful message if they were, um... What do you think they're trying to say about Hugh Glass versus Fitzgerald as far as faith? Because you know, Fitzgerald was obviously an atheist. And Hugh Glass... What's an atheist? Hmm? What's an atheist? Yeah, doesn't believe in any god. Doesn't think. Thinks we're all just built by science accidentally that's a very 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 extremely over extreme oversimplification but so Hugh Glass you don't really he, he doesn't really talk about religion that I remember now there's all this iconography in his dreams like they're in that church at the one point and stuff uh, and <coughs> at the end he mentions God 
do you think they're it's as simple as Tom Hardy never finds God so he's an evil dirt bag and Leo and Hugh Glass sort of finds God so he's not evil dirt bag no I just I think that the that Tom Hardy had <laughs> gone a little bit crazy mm -hmm. from like he'd seen some stuff happen yeah. and he is kind of scarred for life by it okay and he's just kind of given up on God because like maybe he was like he had a wife one time and like she was killed and then all his kids were killed and then his grandma was killed and mom was killed well you okay he never talks about having had a family before except his dad but it could have been something like that I'm not saying you're wrong that's what makes you just kind of making that assumption though because of the scalp like he had that missing skin on his head from a scalp yeah okay Maybe at one point he's like lived. Okay, so after Fitzgerald kills Hawk, why did Fitzgerald kill Hawk? Let me ask you that. Well, I thought it was because he didn't want him to get. Uh, well, Fitzgerald killed Hawk because Glass was trying to not get killed and so Hawk came to save him and he didn't and Fitzgerald didn't want Hawk to save him and he wanted him dead so they could all leave and so he just didn't want to put up with either of them and like he didn't want to risk Hawk telling so he killed him mm -hmm. and that's why okay how much so do you think and I'm kind of... So, Fitzgerald kept saying that he killed him because he was yelling. And him yelling would alert the Indians, the re-Indians, to their location. And they'd come and kill him. Do you think he was lying? Yes. Okay. Because... Like, he said that there were 20 reed, but... No, was. before that. Quit doing that. That's annoying. No, know, before that, I'm just, when he was talking. I'm connecting the two. Okay. Alright. That works. Yeah, it seemed like he always used the re as an excuse for things. Hmm? Huh? Let's see, what else? Okay, and then my that was my lead-in to this. So, he tries to kill Glass. He... Then Hawk interrupts him, he kills Hawk, and then 
drags Hawk off to hide the body from Bridger. And then the next thing we see, it's been a while, Bridger gets back in the camp from refilling canteens. And Hugh Glass is still alive. Why didn't Fitzgerald kill Hugh Glass? There's no right or wrong answer. I don't know. Okay. Do you have a guess? Can you Maybe there were bears around and like he had lost his rag thing that he was trying to choke him with. What <laughs> is bear? Oh, oh. Sorry. Oh wait, and then he would have to like slice his neck, and then that would um like attract the bears because of the smell of the blood. Okay. All right. Wow, that's a big leap. I'm fine with it. That's pretty funny. Definitely There's no right or wrong angle. No, you're correct. Well, and that's what I'm going to say is bad writing. They needed Hugh Glass to still be alive. And it's just a logic uh, hole that somebody missed in the writing. Uh, okay. That here's another logic hole in the writing. When he, when he comes across the buffalo, first off, this was also the wolves taking the buffalo down. What what do you think about that CG? It's like the bear. Yeah, it didn't look good, right? Yeah. And on top of that, what was wrong with the buffalo? With your knowledge, what was wrong with the buffalo that the wolves killed? It was big. It was a big, big one. And why does that not make sense? Well, it could have been sick. Except it was in the middle of the herd. Where do wolves normally, and other predators, but mostly wolves, where do they usually attack a herd? In the back. And why? Because that's where all the slow ones are. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say because they're in the middle of the herd, that that buffalo was not sick. So why would the wolves have hit on it? Maybe there were no sick ones. Or maybe the writer doesn't Didn't know do research. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, I, I knew that before I started hunting. Right, I know. Most, I'm saying most kids that grow up with a little bit of knowledge of the outdoors know that That shakes the ground. Yeah, he's pretty sure he is not legal as far as the muffler. I don't care. So, yeah, those wolves, what do wolves take in? Jungle. The sick ones and, and the, babies. the babies. They'll probably take down a pregnant one, too. Maybe. I, yeah. Because they're slower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the guy hey. on the buffalo. Oh, guy on a buffalo, yeah. So that's uh, for anybody. We need anybody. to post those videos on. Well, they're on YouTube. So, yeah, that for anybody listening uh, who has not seen The Revenant at an Alamo Draft House uh, or doesn't know about Alamo Draft House, Draft House does 
they cut together their own little pre-show things, uh, which are just funny clips they find on the internet or old VHS tapes or old film reels or whatever. Wherever they get them from, that they can splice together as this goofy reel, and it's usually stuff that's somewhat tangentially related to the subject matter of the movie you're going to watch. And the the pre-show for Revenant included this multi-part, I guess, web series called Guy on a Buffalo. And please, I'll put it in the show notes for this. Um, or I'll try to, if I figure out how to do show notes. I know how to put like notes on the blog where I post this, but on the actual things that you call show notes, I don't know. Um, but yeah, search for, yeah. oh, and Adam told me that the people, so that's an old movie that's apparently very bad, as bad as it looks. It's about a dude riding a buffalo, finds a baby, all that stuff that we saw, and then they just recut it, some uh, people now recut, found that old movie, recut it, and put the music on it that they made up and the band it's a band that did it and they're from Austin cool yeah. okay we already talked about dreams versus flashbacks alright so we're at the point where anything else we talk about is gonna be no no we're, we'll talk about acting a little bit and that'll kind of segue us into Spoiler territory. <clears throat> so, DiCaprio, my big problem with this movie, and I like it, it's a good movie, well done for the most part. I hope we're not creating mic pops. Just sit still. Um, is I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a good actor, I think he's good at playing modern people. I think he's good at playing weird people. I think he's good at playing weak people. Uh, which, it takes a strong person to play a weak person realistically. But, something I learned in this movie, everything you're doing is bad for the audio. Everything you're doing right now. I'm going to punch you in the face. Um... Something I learned from this movie is that he is not good at playing a capable woodsman. Because, and I'm talking before the bear attack, he just seems so awkward with guns and with walking through the woods and walking through water. And everything he did, it was like he'd never been in the woods before. It's like Probably hasn't, in real life. Well, I mean, he grew up in the world. I'm sure he's been to a park or something. But I'm just saying there's a certain way people that know how to get around in the woods carry themselves and he did not have that. And it wasn't just physical. It was like his voice when he would yell like in the first big battle scene where the arrows were coming out of nowhere which was really cool. Really, really cool. Every time he, the guy was talking and then the... Yeah. Every time he would yell, 
it was like a little kid yelling. Like, he got all high-pitched and stuff, and I just, eh, it just didn't sell me on. But then after Hawk died, it was like he was crying all the time. Like, any time he paused, he was crying. And we've... We've had people close to us who are very important die. And you cry, but you don't cry all the time. And especially if you're a guy that has stuff to do like this character has stuff to do. We did not need to keep being reminded that his son got killed. We know. We saw the first part of the movie. I don't know why they kept doing it. And then, talking more trash about DiCaprio is when he he end up, ends up having his shirt off several times in his movie and he has like girly shoulders like you know they have gyms why didn't he just go to the gym and build his shoulders up I don't understand that he did not look like a person that I would recruit to go with me on a hunting trip he looked like he would be zero help helping to pack out meat or whatever. Pack in a tent, even. I, just, I don't know. I, he'll probably win the Oscar for this, you know? And it's going to be more about the Oscars he hasn't won in the past than this one, because he's done better jobs in other movies, in my opinion. Who else do you think they could have cast for him? Well... I don't think they were going to cast anybody else for him because he was like the produ one of the main producers on this. But honestly, he could have just he could have done a little bit more prep work and built his upper body to look more like a believable mountain man physique and spent time in the woods with guns a lot to where he was comfortable with them and looked like he was comfortable with them. You know, Heat, the movie Heat, that I watched like 8 million times a year. The big gun fight at the end when they're robbing the bank. All those guys looked like they're professionals with those guns. And it's because they went out for months before the movie and trained with SWAT team guys and military guys and whatever how to use those guns. And I don't know why he didn't just do that. You know, uh, what's the movie? Same director as he, actually. But, uh, Last of Mohicans. That guy, Daniel Day-Lewis, right? That guy's a vegan in real life. But when he knew he was going to play that part, he started hunting deer with a flintlock musket. Or it may have been a rifle, I don't know. But either way you know, with a muzzle loader, a legit period correct muzzle loader. And he kept doing it and kept doing it and lived in the woods and did the work to survive and learned how to be comfortable in that environment and he looks the part, you know? So and he got himself I don't know if he was already tan, but he like was like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you probably. Well, I mean, living out in the woods, you're just gonna, you know. I know, that was good. From the sun, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
No, I'm saying I don't know if he just specifically tried to get tan. He did, I don't think he went to the beach extra. May have. I don't know. But, okay, so that's my little spiel. I think there was a lot of the moments after the bear attack that what DiCaprio did was good, like looking messed up and looking hurt and da da da, but he just, there's a lot too much whining from a guy that had stuff to do. So now we're in spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen these movies and you don't want it spoiled, please turn the podcast off and come back to it after you watch them and finish. So, what did you think about the captain in this one? I liked it. Did he seem capable? Like, would you go with him on a hunting trip? No, you wouldn't. You're being nice because he's ginger and you don't want to be racist against gingers. Uh, apparently, I have a little battery. I might have to change batteries here in a second. Well, These things eat battery like crazy. Hey, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. So, I'm going to change batteries while you talk to me about why did Tom Hardy scalp the captain? I, I don't know. Oh. Well... I think he scalped it because um, he wanted to get revenge. He wanted to make. He wanted to be equal with him. Testing. What do you mean he wanted to be equal with him? Like, he always said. First off, is my audio coming through good in your earbuds? Do I sound okay? Testing one two. Testing one two. Okay. Okay. Um, like he always said he had the better idea, right? Like Tom Hardy. Yeah, Yeah. just going down the river. Mm Mhm. Going down the river. But they didn't. And so, and he was. He probably. I my thinking was that he uh, wanted revenge. Like wanted to be equal. Okay. Okay, can I tell you um, another acting bit from... Yeah. Uh, it's your podcast too, bad buddy. Bad guy. I forgot it. Tom Hardy? Yeah, Tom Hardy. We got, like, he got shot. He got shot. And he just kind of went like this. Just like angry face. When did he get shot? Remember, he just got shot in the arm a little bit. From uh, DiCaprio? No. I thought so. I mean, maybe, but you mean when he was cut? After, I thought that was after they walked, fell, after he fell down the hill. Maybe he was cut. Yeah. Um, but like when um, DiCaprio swung the tomahawk and it like clipped off part of it, his finger, and he just went like, dang it. He, just got his finger chopped off. Alright, you're going to have to bone up your information on how 
reality works a little bit. Because, yeah, that's right. That's what you do. You don't sit around whining like a little girl. Which we're going to touch on that in a minute. about As far as the rioting of the movie is concerned. Because you're full of adrenaline. and you, Which, there's a reason you're full of adrenaline. It's a survival tool. So you don't waste time spending worrying about pain. you got to try to survive, right? You can hurt later. It's that simple. So, alright. Yeah, and I don't know, your theory on why I scalped the captain is as good as any. I, part of me thinks it's just lazy writing because they wanted to make him even more evil. They wanted you, they wanted you to want him to die, I guess. Okay, and then, so the, the what do you think about the fight scene between the two? It was good. Yeah, and he didn't clip off bits of his finger. He cut his fingers off. Oh. Yeah, like these two fingers, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. The beginning of it where they're both on their feet, there was some stuff that didn't make sense. But like what? When they're on the ground, it all kind of worked. <coughs> ah, it's just stuff that doesn't happen in fights. Like screaming? Well, the screaming. Oh, my God. Let's go back to talking trash about Leonardo DiCaprio. When he was screaming, I mean, with the bear, but other times, too, it's like... I don't... I understand screaming, especially, like, you want people to come help and whatever, but he just sounded like a girl. It was like he completely gave up and was just screaming, like... Because it was easier to animate, I guess. Anyway, okay. Let me get off that. And when DiCaprio was just... And the, I thought it was lazy when they just kind of made him give up mm -hmm. in the bear attacks. And then when it went away, do stuff. Yeah. Try and get away. That was, I thought. Yeah. So, let's go back to the religion thing. Because it's going to lead into this second to last note that I have. What the, so at the end of the fight, he's about to kill Tom Hardy. What does he do? He throws him in the earth. What does he say? He says, I can't place the exact words, but it's like, God, God's hands are revenge or something. No, that's no. not even no. a little bit close. God's in there. It's in God's hands. Oh. Revenge is in God's hands, I think. Mm. So it's like you mixed it all around to where it means nothing. But no, it's basically he let God decide whether or not Tom Hardy was going to die. And then what happened? The, well, and what, so he looked up and what did he see? In, before in, he said the God, God line. In, the bunch of Indians. The, in, the reed. The or as your Joke engines. Mm-hmm. The yeah. So he looks up and sees three Indians coming just uh, on, on horseback towards them, and he says the God line. Then what does he do? He pushes them into the river. Pushes them into the river, and, and then, then what happens to Tom Hardy? They the in in 
Indians grab him and then they scalp him, I think. And then what happens to him? They, like, he dies from that and then right. they let him go down the river. Yeah. So. And I'm asking a lot of kind of loaded questions here. Not gotchas, but yeah, like they're ones that I have an extreme and extremely pointed answer to. What? Well, he said the God line, revenge is in God's hands. Let's Tom Hardy go while he's still technically alive, ble probably bleeding out. But he I mean, sees he, he sees it. the Indian said it's in God's hands. Put them in the river where he's going to go downriver to the Indians. Indians get him, scalp him, to where he's dead by all intents and purposes. Because as soon as he's scalped, his head is underwater and he is not reacting to anything. He's dead. So, what do you take from that? Is the, the loaded question I'm asking you right now. And this is probably going to lead into one of the most controversial views I hold. I don't think it should be controversial, but a lot of people will. I'm very clumsily building this into a teachable moment. Well, what I got from that was that maybe the Indians didn't like Tom Hardy? Tristan. That's not what I'm asking. He says, he looked, he sees the Indians says it's in God's hands sends Tom Hardy to the Indians and they kill him uh, uh, he doesn't want to kill him because he started to believe in God that's part of it but why do the Indians get to kill him when you bastard Are the Indians God? No. And that's what it should be. But I'm saying the people that made this movie are trying to say that the Indians are God. That they are the hand of God or whatever. And I think that's one of the most horrible, racist, lazy, idiotic things. And dangerous a little bit that you can put out into the world. Because a lot of people look at Indians, we, I, we could get into why, and that could be a whole new podcast, or probably 17 podcasts. It, they don't treat them like human beings, they treat them like these magical fairy people that are intangible, that, you know, can do no wrong. And I think... In my opinion, in my experience, whatever, that's not showing them respect. Acting like they're not real people 
makes them fictional people and they don't deserve to be treated like if they're not real they're forgettable they're expendable human beings they're expendable members of the population and I think that's really shitty but people do it because of some childish fear of being racist whatever you want to call it like I'm saying we could talk about that forever but it's just dumb like they're just they're people they're human beings with needs and wants and good ones bad ones good intentions bad intentions it's horrible to treat them like they're yeah so that's my soapbox about that and then the last thing was you asked was what I have been calling the Burt Reynolds shot so the last scene of the movie is he has another little half a dream sequence where he sees his dead wife for some stupid reason after Tom Hardy's killed by the God Indians and uh well she was an Indian wasn't she yeah what's that gotta do what if they like make her like the like oh god oh you know that's I guarantee you there's some of that in there uh which is extra racist since she was a different tribe from them um so yeah good good point that adds a whole nother layer of lazy racism <sighs> racism's an easy word to say that's it's laziness I guess is the crime here more than racism quit doing it all that gets picked up by the mic I'm gonna have to filter that out or something or try which I'm bad at that so sees his wife and then the movie's over and the moment the way they tell you the movie's over is Leonardo DiCaprio looks at the camp which is retarded in the least yeah it's like who thought why why and I'm sure they have some idiotic explanation about how that figures into the God thing. I honestly don't even want to put the energy into figuring out why. But, yeah, like Hooper, one of my favorite Burt Reynolds movies, at the end, he, like, punches the jerk director and looks at camera and, like, smiles at the camera. He's like, hey! Right? That's why I'm calling it the Burt Reynolds shot. It's, that was a good... It was good. Hooper? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense in Uber because it's a silly movie about movie making. So, okay, <laughs> do you know what it's called when an actor looks at the camera? What? It's called breaking the fourth wall. Okay, so the fourth wall is the plane between the audience and the camera. It's, you know, the one actors are supposed to pretend is there so that they don't know that we exist, right? That's it's figurative representation of suspension of disbelief right and yeah I don't know why the hell they would do that in this movie other than like 
my jokey thing is, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio looking at the Academy and being, please give me an Oscar. Please, sir. I would like an Oscar. I really would. I really, really deserve an Oscar. I ate raw buffalo meat. Even though Richard Harris ate raw buffalo meat, or probably beef, really. Uh, probably, like, cattle beef. Bovine beef. Uh, in the first movie. No, Steve. If you don't give me an Oscar, I will send my magical bear powers at you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll sick my god Indians on you. Angel Indians. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it was so awkward. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be looking at him right now. Because it's, he's so sad and pathetic. Like the most pathetic he was in the whole thing. Alright. So does now. that mean he's dead? Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about that. So start from the beginning on your idea. Like, you... After you see him look into the camera and ask for an Oscar, the screen goes blank, and then you hear breathing, and then the, like, breathing stops. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're like... (laughs) Yeah. Like, dead. Uh Uh-huh. Does that mean he's dead? Because... I'm going to say no. It's entirely possible. I mean, there's a lot of dumb crap that happened in that movie. Again, overall, very good movie. But. I don't think he was dead. And this will lead into one of the last two points I want to talk about before we end the podcast. Because Hugh Glass didn't really die at that point. He died young, but, you know, I mean, it was the 1820s and 30s. Do you, we know how he died? Do you know how he died? Let's see, he died, like, 13 years after that. Um, now, so, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to on that is, it's possible that they changed history and that they meant for him to be dead. Right? Yeah. Because... But if it's supposed to be based on true events... Hold on. I'm getting to that. Pursuit of Fitzgerald. I'm looking up the Wikipedia thing. Uh, Yeah, he lived for like 10 more years after the bear mauling. Um, (laughs) He he got attacked by the same bear's cub. That would be awesome. I want to say he just like disappeared. But he, uh, so as far as... He could still be alive. He could still be alive. Later years and death. Glass returned to the frontier. Glass was killed along with two of his fellow trappers in an attack by the Arikara Indians on the Yellowstone River in 1833. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, he lived in the mountains. In that time period, it's not abnormal. So, they what I'm saying is they may have changed history in order to suit their story and them wanting to mean that he died at that point. But, and the reason I'm saying is they might have changed it, is they changed a shit ton of other, they, made, they changed a lot of other elements. Like his, his, him being married to an Indian. Well, here's the thing. That's possible. He might have been married to an Indian. 
he there's nothing in the history books that points to him ever having had an Indian wife or any wife there's another thing from both movies that there's no evidence of him ever having had he never had a son that anyone wrote about Indian or white in the first movie his son's white and in this movie he's Indian so it's like they just wanted to include more indigenous actors I guess but well, no, because I think this is based on a book. So I guess it's a slightly fictionalized novel. I don't know if the son was in the book or not. I haven't read it. I don't. I probably will not be. Because it's written more like a novel than a history book from what I've heard. So now knowing that the son's fake... Does that change your reaction to the movie? In what way? Doesn't make it seem deep. Right. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, this director wanted to tell a story. And the son relationship helped him tell the story that he wanted to tell, I guess. I think it would have been just fine if... It would have been a very different story if he was just going for revenge for himself. But I, th in my opinion, I think that would have been personally fine. That's another thing they changed is he did not get revenge on either Bridger or Fitzgerald in real life. He tracked, he got to the fort. He so that was something that was in the first movie that was more realistic. He got to the sort of he got to the fort. Fitzgerald was gone. He had enlisted with the army. He he run he finds Bridger. Had and we know Bridger lived because Jim Bridger is one of the most famous mountain men ever to live. And you know he was just a kid at this point. He actually was just a kid, just very young. And so we know he let Bridger go. But there was a conversation, according to the things I've read, there was a conversation between them and that was it. Then he goes tons more miles to some other fort where uh, Fitzgerald was stationed. Finds Fitzgerald, has some kind of a conversation, maybe an altercation with him, but they both walk away alive. What's altercation? Fight. Maybe a fight. But they both walk away alive. <clears throat> and to me, that would have been a really interesting story to tell about how he found... And especially if you're throwing all the God stuff in there. That's... Like, he finds a way to forgive these guys that left him for dead. And... See, even if he hadn't said the God line and just... If he was still alive and just left him there, mm -hmm. he would have bled out. So... It, well, yeah. And, it's not but like it, he killed it's, Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is it seems like that's more something that he, he, the people that wrote and directed this movie, it's something they constructed in order to say Indians are God, or Indians are these flawless beings. Of Even though they scalp people. Yeah. And then there was an article I saw that I didn't get to read. I need to look it up. Where they're saying that the people who made, <coughs> made this are 
intending it as an allegory for the the will the frontier was heaven. I don't know. Well, I'll need to look that up and see what that's all about. There's some obviously some kind of truth to that, and uh, huh. I'm just tired. No, 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 I know, I know. And then, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Limited, not realistic. Little girl bitch. Not pointing at you. Saying you're a little girl bitch. Uh, <coughs> Tom Hart, at the end, Tom Hardy says he wanted to... That he had to kill Hawk, because Hawk was screaming, because he was scared of the re. And I'm saying some of that is true. I know you're. That's why I was asking you what you why you thought he said that. I'm saying it's a little bit messier than your reaction to it. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're at least partially right. But he, because, and I picked up on it more watching this. It being my second time watching this. When he killed Hawk, like, you could tell he was, like, fear-stricken. And the louder Hawk got... And Hawk would not shut up. Like, honestly, I wanted to punch him and say, shut up. We're running from Indians. Shut up. Quit screaming like a girl. I don't know that I would have stabbed him. <laughs> but... But Fitzgerald is already kind of a horrible person that makes questionable decisions some of them violent I don't think the captain died either in real life I think he lived a long life or at least didn't die because of this situation and I don't think there's any evidence that Fitzgerald stole money yeah. so But yeah, so it's like they're, it almost seemed like they were starting down this road of Hugh Glass had been over, overly protective of Hawk and Hawk wasn't really capable. Like when he shut Hawk down for trying to argue with Fitzgerald early in the movie and, da -da -da, and it's all these things like that was a story that it seems like they were trying to tell that they were not even sort of successful on. You know? Hello. You testing? No, you got good level. And, uh... I don't know. I think I, I would like to have seen a movie that was either about how he raised a kid in the wilderness if you're going to put a fake son in there. And... The son, it doesn't make sense for the son to be such a whiny little wuss when he was raised on the Missouri River. You know, that doesn't make any and, sense. In the beginning, it was like an Indian. Yeah, like they lived in what wigwams or whatever those were, right? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And and if you're gonna, well, you don't even have to throw the God stuff in there. I'm fine with the God stuff. People were. Per capita, a lot more religious than than they are now. 
and he for in he real in real life he forgave those persons. So why not do a story about how this guy drug himself with revenge in his heart and forgave them? That seems like a bigger. That's an epic story, you know. Like when you watch Searchers, you know Searchers is about John Wayne, like he's this extremely racist. Uh, person races against Indians, Comanches especially, and the Comanches take his niece, played by Natalie Wood, and the whole movie, he's trying to find her to kill her, because she's one of them now, like, in his mind, she's been taken, because it takes him, like, years to find her, and in his mind, she's become one of them, because she's been with them so long. And then at the end, you've seen it, but I don't know if... You may have been really young when you watched the searches with him. But at the end, he sees her, and he can't kill her, and he takes her home, right? And it's about... It's kind of... His arc is about a guy who's racist. And it's not 100% successful either. But it's a much better movie than, than this one. It's about a racist... Tri- who's just 100% racist. And it, his, his life experience over the course of the movie putting a chink in that wall. Like taking... Like what... Ah, there's an analogy that I'm screwing up completely when I'm talking... Like there's a crack in the dam. There's a crack in the dam at the end of the movie. And the dam that everybody thought was bulletproof, right? Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say? Before we end the podcast, you look like you want to go to sleep. You only slept like 14 hours last night. Yeah, we're going to go buy you some jeans. Um, Alright, and we're going to do a podcast in the near future, hopefully, about bucket list. So, we're both going to need to prep for that. Alright, so this is Wilderness Law with Lane Law and... Little Tristan signing off. Yo, you do your little scrunchy face for the camera. Alright, y'all later.